set time bros and broettes it's time for the backlog breakdown and i'm here with the backlog breaker downer himself josh Broccolo. what's up josh hey I'm, I'm doing good it's a good day it's a nice monday evening when we're recording this um yes. i've been tired all day I got more oh, sleep no. than usual. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. I got more sleep than usual last night, and I've been tired all day, which is very frustrating. But maybe that's your body's way of saying, like, "Hey, dude, uh, you need to do this more often on the regular." That's the yeah, yeah. That's probably what it is. That's not what I want it to be, but that's probably <laughs> what it is. And I, I, I'm pretty sure, at least based on the the, the things that I've looked into and in, in sleep research. The little bit that I've done, the book that I've read, um, it's it's actually more of because your body can't really catch up on sleep. It's probably mm-hmm. my lack of sleep the days prior, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, what I got last night. So hopefully so tomorrow, it's like I'll the feel deficit better. is actually just catching up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I brewed myself a nice, not really a pot of coffee, but a cup and a half of coffee. So I won't fall asleep while we're recording this, I promise. Nice. How big is that that handsome Ron Swanson mug? How many fluid oh, ounces not, does it hold, do you think? Uh, not very much. I mean, probably probably 12. Oh, so it's like an average? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'll have to post pics in the, the, the Patreon or in the Discord. I bought this PlayStation mug. Mm-hmm. And the thing is almost, it's like almost 18 fluid ounces or something. Nice. It's like, it's basically like I put it under there and I put the travel mug thing and I hit that button and it makes, and it fills it up and it's, it's wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a huge one that my brother got me when he went on a mission trip to China and it's Mm -hmm. enormous. Um, And then I have another one, my second biggest mug is actually a um, a DTS alumni mug that I got when we had our national conference for our church at our church, and DTS did a little thing for alumni there. And they had extra mugs, and they were like, hey, you want one of these? So I'm like, sure, I look yes. smart. Yes, please. I went to Dallas Theological Seminary. Oh, but I'm also just now getting my associate's degree. That's, so. that's, that's like getting an honorary doctorate. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty much like in I have mug coffee form. mug. I, I, I got, they gave me a coffee mug, honorary doctorate, like get with it. I just kind of display it at the front of all my other uh, pots and pans and cups and stuff in my kitchen. So anyone who comes into my kitchen thinks that I'm smart. It's like, no, I, 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 I just like ran it. tech for them. <laughs> but anyways. Like, hey, that's worthy of an honorary doctorate. Like, come on. <laughs> like, get, let's get with it. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, I mean, I'm good. Uh, first day of vacation. Well, first official day of vacation. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess yesterday really was. But today was the day where I did very little. Um, we're watching a friend's dog. Um, okay. He's a German short hair, uh, some sort of like hunting dog. Uh, he's he's a good boy. Uh, he's he's a little <laughs> bit like extra, and you know he's he's very like uh, high energy, which is fine. Um, but it's it's been it's been cool. Um, you know, the one thing is like the Nala and Yuki are huskies, mm. 
Mm -hmm. uh you can definitely tell like they were starting to wear down and and then he was like he was like getting like wound up um and so which is weird because it's like okay dude you need to go to bed (laughs) (laughs) um but uh you know so just sort of like starting that off and uh i'm just i'm actually like half tempted and and i'll touch on it a little bit but so i bought anna karenina a while back and i'm actually half tempted to like try and take a crack at it Mm -hmm. like just like really knuckle down read several hours a day kind of thing and just like chew chew my way through that i'm also like "Eh, i don't know if i want to do that (laughs) because i also have a lot of video games to play and other books to read just pomodoro it just go like between each one unless you're playing an online game then you can't pause but yeah if i'm playing dark souls can't can't pause (laughs) but how are you man there you go uh yeah doing good uh school technically starts tomorrow um but i got all my coursework Mm. on friday and um it seems like it's going to be a lot. <laughs> what are you um, taking this semester? So that that's the cool thing is that I started in on some of the stuff for this class and I'm actually really stoked about it. It just, it uses a different part of my brain. This is, um, I think it's called historical geography of ancient Israel, something like that. So like okay. my, my, the books that I had to buy, I had to buy a couple books, but then I had to buy maps. And so there are these maps of, of like basically the Middle East um, through, it's a series of like six or seven maps and it's different periods of history in which, so it runs through like 4,000 BC basically up until the time of Christ. And so like it, it talks about just, at least so far this week, it's talking about like the warring um, factions all around the Middle East because it's... Again, it's not something that I've thought about in a long time, but I remember back in, you know, middle school or high school or whatever it was, uh, the, the Fertile Crescent in that area is like basically the beginning of civilization came from that area, Egypt and then um, and uh, Mesopotamia and in there. And so like that area where Israel comes from is kind of right in the middle of those two huge nations. Um, so th- this class references it as the land in between. And so it talks about how like it was a strategic military outpost, basically, if you're attempting to conquer, if if Egypt is attempting to conquer Mesopotamia or vice versa, or the groups who are in those areas. Mm. So th- this week it was like a quick overview of like 4,000 years of history um of just the different yeah warring factions in that area so it's been really interesting in like a historical from a historical standpoint as i was reading my textbook and and kind of again just like a flyover just an overview of everything i was like dang this is so like why are there no like movies or video games about this like fire emblem just came out why is there not like a tactical strategy game where you're playing as these different factions um, and mm. as this comes out of my mouth, I don't know. I've never played the Civ games, so maybe they get into it. I don't know. But generally, games mm-hmm. kind of focus more on like, at least in my vantage point, more of like the Middle Ages. But this is all like, you know, BC kind of stuff that I've been looking into. And yeah, it's super cool. So it's interesting. It's just a lot. I have a lot. Last week I talked about Habitica. And this is why I do that is to attempt mm. to keep me organized. 
because I just have a lot going on. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, dude. You I'm, look like I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm not in school. <laughs> None of that. Are are you a, are you a fan of history? Uh, it it depends. <clears throat> okay. Excuse me. Uh, it it really does depend. Uh, I enjoy it from time to time, and mm-hmm. I have been known to partake in uh, biographies and autobiographies. Um. I'm I'm a firm believer in those who do not like learn from the past are doomed to repeat it sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I believe that we need to be aware. Um, I tend to, I think where my my interest in history really lies is with uh, like philosophy. Okay. And so yeah. I I enjoy classical philosophy from time to time. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been actually sort of on a kick with the Stoics. Um, nice. And there's actually like a, a Twitter that I've, I've been following that just sort of like gives like sort of like little bites of uh, Stoic philosophy. And Stoic, Stoic philosophy for the most part tends to be very pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, but it, I think it's also for the, for the most part, pretty good. Um, anyways. That's cool. But yeah, when it comes, it comes to history, um, I, I mean, like the the most I I would take is like art history classes and things like that, and yeah. so, um, you know, became familiar with different periods, you know, different different historical periods through art. Yeah, or, sweet. Yeah, so nice. But, well, that it's, it's funny you mentioned the Stoics. That actually kind of coincides with something else that I've gotten into recently. If you want to roll into the uh, backlog report. Sure. You want to go for it, sure. or did you have anything else? I have no more idle chatter. All right. Well, right here, check Ooh. it. Got my Fully report. Holy work supreme. <laughs> um, supreme, 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 supreme. Like a burrito. Um, okay. <laughs> Ta- visions of Taco Bell. Um, no, so mm. so something mm. that I have recently gotten into, um, so, so when it comes to uh, reading books, things like that, I finished up, um, I think I mentioned it on the last episode of the podcast, Think by John Piper. That was yeah. really good. I listened to that one actually again a second time um, just, to, just to make sure that I kind of got a lot of it and I got more out of it the second time around, which tells me that I, maybe I should be paying more attention when I listen to books. Um, but that one was really good, highly recommended. Um, so I was looking around for stuff. Uh, I don't know why it popped into my head, but I've never, I've never read, I, I've heard stories of it, but there is a classical work called The Epic of Gilgamesh, and I've never mm-hmm. uh, actually read it. So I was searching for it through Hoopla and through my library, and uh, they didn't have it in particular, but they have some lectures from the great courses, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. It's a website. And uh, they had this course on, you know, it's called a course, but it's just a series of lectures on life lessons, life lessons from the great myths. And so I was like, oh, I love mythology. Like, I will totally check this out. And so I've been listening to that for the past couple of days, and it's gone through um, a lot of Greek myths so far, but it, it's touched on, I just got into the area where he starts talking about the, the Epic of Gilgamesh and stuff like that. And it's basically just a guy, a professor talking about, um, giving you an overview of what some of these myths are. 
um, and these mythologies that have kind of withstood the test of time. So he focuses a lot early on on the Iliad and the Odyssey and, you know, the Trojan Wars and stuff like that and, and Greek myths and stuff like that. And, and basically like pulls out of those stories the, like the moral of the story, basically, he kind of explains what the story is is teaching you mm-hmm. and and the different elements in there. And that has been a lot of fun because I've always I've always been a big fan of Greek myths when my dad was teaching us those back in high school and middle school and whatnot. Um, it was I just always really enjoyed them. Uh, so to to kind of refamiliarize myself with them and then take a look at it from the perspective of like, what does this tell us about humanity, human nature, and and what were they grappling? What were these um, poets grappling with when they told these stories was pretty cool. So I've been, I've been digging it. Um, Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then trudging along in in the institutes and the Valley of vision as well. Um, Keeping up with that. Thanks to Habitica. Gracias. Mm. Um, in terms of memorization, I was actually able to earlier today go through all of the first chapter of James. So I've gotten it down for the most part. I'll get tripped up a little bit here and there, but for the mm. most part, I've actually gotten the entire chapter down. And again, I do have to give another shout out to Habitica, just reminding me to, um, to go through at least a section every day has helped a lot just to keep it in my consciousness, even when it doesn't feel like it's doing much like the next day, I'll be like, Oh, Hey, I actually worded that correctly. Like I've actually gotten the, you know, it's, it's yeah. the little steps mean more than I thought they would. Um, that said, I understand I'm like, what, eight months into this thing and I've gotten one chapter down. <laughs> like I get it. That's yeah. not great. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep, plugging away but i may have to allow myself to be beaten by small children um <laughs> I, I don't know if i'm gonna get all of galatians done but i ever since we started implementing like using habitica i mm-hmm. have been more consistent yeah so anyways even even if it's not like where i want it to be at the same time it's it's it is helping a lot so yeah so i've got james chapter one i'll probably start in on the second chapter this next week um so Stoked about that. In terms of video games, been plugging away at Dragon Quest Eight some more. Um, I've actually hit the point where I defeated. Spoiler alert! I defeated the guy that you thought was the main bad guy, and he wasn't the main bad guy. And he's not. <laughs> and so the story kind of opened up a little bit more, and it's mm-hmm. kind of going in in some cool directions. Of like, oh yeah, this stuff is actually connected, and you're seeing. Like what his um his whole what his whole deal is. Um so that's kinda cool. I feel like I'm at least halfway into the game, right? <laughs> um yeah, and I've I've yeah. put in a little bit over forty hours. Which again, I don't understand. Wes, you are a beast. I don't understand how you did. I do not I'm pretty sure he that was like sorcery, witchcraft. <laughs> some sort go. of dark dark magics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the henshin dad so henshin a go-go baby that's true time that's true. time like manipulation antics mm-hmm. that's what it is there you, that, it has to be because at this point he's beaten like what three dragon quest games in the past month dude he Man. just beat five mm-hmm. um 
which is one five. that I sort of I sort of stalled out on five mm-hmm. uh, on my and uh, he's like he just plowed through it. I'm like, what? How? Yeah. How? <laughs> he has a he has a baby. They two. Have a, a, well, I mean, oh yes, you know, yes, they, yes, you're right, you're right. One baby. They, yes, they just I have see what the, you're the one, and I'm like, how? <laughs> yep. But he is also, you know, um, probably he had summer break. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure that helps. But uh, no, yeah, it's that's pretty sweet. And that uh, I forgot to put it in the Discord, but I was like, Dragon Quest V is quietly making its way from my backlog to my Games of Shame. Um, by his his uh, his review has certainly won me over. So I might even mm-hmm. tackle that one hopefully before I attempt to purchase and tackle Eleven. But we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Um, two other I, games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, I, reading his review, I was like, I need to, I really do need to come back to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I have it on DS. So. Yeah, um, me too. That's so. how. That's how I'm going to play it eventually. Um, okay. So the other game was one of the ones that I drafted with the patrons a bit ago. And um, it is very, how shall I put this? Um, timely with our conversation that we're going to be having today. <laughs> okay. um, it's a uh, hotline Miami. Oh yeah. So this is an interesting one. Um, I've been playing it on PC and I say Ben playing it. I've played it once for about an hour, uh, maybe an hour and a half. It was before bedtime. So, you know, it's like that nebulous, like, I don't know how long I was playing. I was just playing. Um, and it, it, so I had heard that the controls are really good on PC, but I f- figured out that I am absolutely garbage at WASD. Like, ah, WASD crushes you. Yes. Yeah. No, I, like my hand, my wrist was hurting. My left wrist was, was mm. actually hurting because of the way that I was using the keys. And I guess I just don't use my pinky and ring finger very often. Uh, or maybe I wasn't using my pinky. Maybe it's just my ring finger. Anyways, regardless, I'm terrible at it. And so um, it was a little frustrating. I'll say that because it's kind of a twitchy game. Um, but it it was it was interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I think of it because the the story of the game is so nebulous at this point that I don't know what's going on. And it is hyper violent, and the game um, just drops you into different places. You go on missions and you murder people, and it's it's mm-hmm. pixelated gore. But it's just like I don't know why I'm doing this. From a gameplay standpoint, it's engaging for sure because like yeah. you die immediately with one hit, and you come back immediately, which is really helpful. And so it's like always, it's a good challenge. The reloads are super quick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that helps it because then it doesn't, like I can try stuff and die and not be penalized for it. I think that's that's really the gameplay loop. That's what the game is really about. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the whole, what weird nonsense can I sort of pull off? Yeah. So yes. that's, I think that's like everything else is sort of like secondary, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, so the gameplay is good. I am just, I, I don't know what to think about the game just yet. Yeah. One, because the, the controls were frustrating for me. Um, now after talking with, with you guys, 
I'm going to try it again with the Switch Pro Controller um, because I just, I like my controllers. So that, that'll probably help a lot. Um, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm confused as like, I don't know what this game is about. It's just, it just kind of threw me into the middle of it and it hasn't yet explained itself. So I'm kind of waiting for it to do that. I don't, it, I don't know that I ever beat it. And, and so okay. I can only sort of like speak, but I'm not really sure that there is much of a story. I okay. think it really is just sort of a, it's kind of like playing a bullet ballet sort of thing. Okay. Um, It's just like you go in and wreak havoc mm-hmm. and it just looks cool. <laughs> and that's, I think, I think that that might be the point, but okay. I mean, maybe there's a story for all I know. I don't know, but. The uh, Micah, way that, I, I think oh, Micah was a fan, so he might be yes. able to answer some of that question, those yeah. questions. I mean, th- so the thing is, I'm not sure that I want to know that the answer until I actually get there myself. Does that make sense? Okay. So yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> and so the weird thing about this game, and again, we'll probably get into it more when we go to our main topic, but like it does kind of humanize your character, like the way you interact with other characters in the game. Like you're not, I mean, you are just kind of like a nameless faceless dude, but at the same time you are having interactions with other humans. Like it feels human. And so it makes the, the havoc that you are wreaking. And and part of it's probably just because of the animations and things like that. Uh, it feels, it feels more visceral to me because mm-hmm. it's so gory and so it's just like ooh, like i just blew that dude's head off um why <laughs> like i don't know what i'm doing the purpose behind yeah yeah no so. i i totally get it i get it <laughs> um um okay so lastly uh sorry the final game that yeah. i have played uh, and i finished it up and it was kind of on a whim i was looking to play something with my kids actually um was brothers a tale of two sons we had played through actually most of the game because um, it's it's kind of one of those serene type games, or at least so I thought, yeah. um, where very minimalist controls. You have one stick, you have two characters, two brothers, hence the name of the game. Um, you mm-hmm. use the, each stick is a different brother, so you kind of have to wrap your mind around that. And then like the R triggers do something for each of the brothers. So real simple, like two button times two, so a four button game basically. Um, and it was not at all what I expected it to be, but it was very good and I, I would definitely recommend it. I don't want to give any spoilers, um, except to say that it got way darker than I expected because it kind of starts, it starts off and it's kind of solemn. It's kind of melancholy ish. Sorry. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say in the Discord, when you described the one scene, I was like, yo, that sounds really metal. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. It, but yeah, it starts out very uh, fairy tale-ish almost. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely this air of sadness to it. Your mom is dead um, and your dad is sick. And so you're trying to save your dad by going out to get some medicine, basically. But then you kind of leave your little town and there's like an ogre or something that you have to get around and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, actually fairy tale, that's a really good way of putting it. So Mm -hmm. like, 
having my kids there, at least my son, kind of watching as as we play this game, like it's it's been good up until this point that we started playing it this weekend, and towards the end of the game, it just gets way darker. Like the mm-hmm. yeah, I talked about in the Discord. There's a part where you kind of wade through a river that has a lot of blood in it, and your characters actually get all red tinted when they get out, and so oh, I'm just. That's gnarly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know, I kind of turned to my wife. My wife came over, too, and she's like, uh, didn't, he's three. I don't know. <laughs> this is going to get... And I was cooling. like, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's pause this. Um, so, that, and then later I, I went back to it to beat that section, and then I was like, okay, now we're done with that. But then there was some other stuff not quite on that same level, but just a, a little bit more, slightly more graphic than I expected. Not that it's a graphic mm-hmm. game, just that it was more than than the fairy. It it's more like the real fairy tales, not like the Disney-fied versions of fairy tales. It's it's like that? the the Brothers Grimm. Like it, it's like the legit. Legit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It is very grim. <laughs> um, and then the ending. Again, don't want to give any spoilers. It hit harder than I had expected. There were some mm-hmm. things that they do with the simple gameplay that they uh, force you to do as a player to continue that um, that hit hard. So um, it was very good. It's a short little game, and yeah, I'd recommend it. So that's my spiel. Mm. Sorry it took so long. No, that's all right. I'm, I'm definitely like, I think even listening to this, it's like, I started it and then I sort of like lost interest because, yep. yeah, me too. But now I'm I'm kind of like eh, maybe maybe it's time to go back and just clean that one up for like a a quick point. Yes. So, uh, I'll I'll sort of work backwards. So you ended on games. I'm gonna start mm. with games. All right. Uh, beat Borderlands the pre sequel. I did my little haiku review. If you <laughs> want to know what I said. Uh, should follow me on Twitter or just check out the book club. Cause I think I posted in there too. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it was good. Um, I, I liked it. I, I feel like the game, I really struggled in the first half of that game uh, to like, it just, it's sort of like slow and mm. it's kind of a little unwieldy. Um, the, the first, first couple hours of Borderlands pre-sequel are a little rough in my opinion. Um, but like once, once I started sort of like playing around in the end game content and stuff like that, it, it got pretty, pretty solid. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of at, by the time, so Parker and I finished it, you know, cause that, that was the game he and I were playing together, but we, we finished it and we had actually like massively over leveled at one point in time. Cause we, <laughs> we were severely under leveled and we were getting frustrated. So we just went and, like took on a bunch of stuff that we were, you know, just anyways, we, we were about four or five levels higher than we should have been. And we just came in and sort of like wrecked face on the last boss. And then I actually, and he was sort of like done. He was like, I'm out. Like, I don't like this game that much. (laughs) And I was like, and after we beat, I was kind of like, huh, there's something here that I kind of dig. Um, so it was it was neat. Um, I think I think I'm actually like done done with it. Uh, I'm actually to a point where 
I I also beat the Borderlands 2 Commander Lilith DLC. So okay. it's the tie-in DLC that sort of like connects Borderlands 2 and 3, which I really liked. I really liked a lot. Um, nice. And that's one of the things that I will say about the pre-sequel is that the pre-sequel actually does a really good job of tying Borderlands 1 and Borderlands 2 together. Um, because if you've played Borderlands 1... You know, you, you clear out the vault, and then you play Borderlands Two, and Handsome Jack—he's the the main the main antagonist, villain, mm-hmm. whatever—he just sort of shows up out of nowhere, and mm-hmm. so the pre sequel sort of like fills in the gaps there, and uh, I I felt like it, the pre sequel actually makes Borderlands Two much more like nuanced. Um, okay. It adds depth. Like the game, you can still like play the game and and not know the Borderlands pre sequel stuff. Yeah. But knowing that sort of like shifts a few things for me, where it's like, well, no, this dude's still kind of a a tool. <laughs> but there's 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 almost like a little bit of sympathy uh, generated f- for him in some ways. In some ways, okay. uh, not so. Uh, I liked it, but I'm actually sort of like, I think I'm getting ready to peel Borderlands just off the hard drive on the PlayStation <laughs> and in order to, uh, because, you know, uh, I did pull the trigger on pre-ordering Borderlands 3. Nice. And I got the super fancy version. Um, hey Like, yeah, I got, well, and it's, it's the digital one, which I typically don't buy games digitally, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I want. I want it preloaded, um, so I can <laughs> jump right day in. Day one, I, day one, day. When is one. it released? Uh, September thirteenth. Friday. Nice. It's a Friday the thirteenth too. So, um, <laughs> I said in the one Discord, I typically do not call off uh, work because of video games. <laughs> there is a strong temptation to do so. <laughs> uh, not saying I will or will not. I will neither confirm nor deny. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> just saying. Uh, but then, let's see. I'm looking at my list. I'm still... Uh, I've been playing the Horizon Zero Dawn DLC. Um, okay. Frozen Wilds or whatever. Frozen Wastes. Uh, it's good. It's. I'm actually... Was, I, I was jamming out on that today for a few hours. Uh, and I like it. I, that's nice. just like it's it took me a little bit to get back into it um and again there there are some like issues with that game that like but that i really am enjoying sort of having the opportunity to go back and, and experience some new content um uh, that that world is a lot of fun to just sort of like run around in mm-hmm. um but then uh still Sort of like stalled out on that Reverie game that I had on Vita. Okay, and yeah. it's mostly like uh, I'll get I'll get around to it, but I I sort of got distracted with uh, Borderlands and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. So um, as far as books, uh, so I'm still reading that Calming Your Heart book, um, mm-hmm. and I I actually went back because there were a few of those chapters that I sort of just like pounded through, just like sort of get it done, and and then. Sort of looking back over them, I'm like, no, like especially this week, I'm just going to uh, sort of go back, go go through these, and really like journal through these. And so that's actually today I did that, and I probably spent 15, 20 minutes uh, just writing down some thoughts and thinking through that and pe- praying through that. And uh, 
so it was, it was good um sort of you know not to to go too far down the rabbit hole but you know really challenged me to to think about um how my anger i think a lot of times is rooted in a lack of self self-control that i do not like saying no or hearing no mm-hmm. uh and and that's but that's neither here nor there um mm-hmm. Also, uh, as as part of the diaconate training, uh, I, and I may have mentioned this before, but we're reading through a book called uh, "Confessing the Faith" by Chad Van Dixorn, mm-hmm. and just for clarification's sake, this dude actually—it's a—it's a big sort of like scholastic academic work, okay. uh, but he compiled all of the the minutes from the Westminster, like the 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 Westminster divines. So okay. this is like all of the the sort of background conversations that eventually <laughs> ended up becoming the Westminster Confession of Faith. Wow. Sort of sort of it, it's it's a it's a it's a massive tome apparently. Yeah. And it's like it's like and apparently it's super expensive. Okay. Um, Cuz I was talk- I was talking to my pastor about it and he was like I was like, "Well, how much is it?" He was like, "Uh a lot." I was like, how much is a lot? And he was like, yeah, he's like, uh, a lot. <laughs> he's like, it, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's several thousand dollars, like a couple oh thousand dollars. Oh my goodness. Like it, this is an academic work. This yeah. is like a compilation of historic texts. So, um, the, the amount of time that, but anyways, so he wrote this book, Confessing the Faith, and it's basically a commentary on, the Westminster Confession of Faith, and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's really, I'll tell you what, man, um, it's really challenging and encouraging uh, to to like okay. not to go too far, to, and again, to not to sort of get too far off track here, but like, man, uh, to any listener who has questions, like, listen, I'm I'm not gonna like I'm a Presbyterian, I make no bones about it. Josh is a Baptist. Um, he subscribes mm-hmm. to the 1689. I'm a WCF guy. Uh, I know some people actually prefer the three forms of unity in the Belgic Confession. I really would encourage anybody who has not spent time reading through some of the confession. And again, I'm I'm the first guy to say like yes. I, I recognize that people people can idolize. They they can turn turn the confession into an idol and they can hold it in an unhealthy way but uh man it, it, it's so good uh just reading yeah. about like and just and when you dig around in some of the proofs and you it, it's very very good i recommend it um confessing the faith i and, and you know not to but i think like even for like you, because the, the the lb the london baptist confession of faith, the 1689 is very similar to the WCF. And so there would be a couple of chapters where there would be sort of a disparity. But I think even seeing like sort of like the roots of that confession, like, and, and sort of, and again, because he was the guy who sort of went through and compiled and put together all of the, the minutes from the Westminster divines and, and, and that, that's those sessions. Like he has sort of an inside track in a lot of ways on with 
uh, the the confession of faith and sort of like the yeah. process that led to the authorship. So it's it's really it's really neat. Um, I really do recommend uh, just spending time reading through confession. And then uh, I am half tempted and and sort of before we started um, recording for the podcast proper, I mentioned that uh, I mentioned a while ago that I bought Anna Karenina. I am half tempted mm-hmm. to see if I can sort of read it this week. <laughs> um, but that might cut into my video game time. So I don't know. Priorities, you know? Um, there you go. So I might do that. That's a, that is a massive tome. That is a meaty book. Um, okay. But then, and and sort of, and again, sort of referencing like the Habitica stuff, man. Um, I, uh, I pretty much have the first chapter down. And what I do is I just go back through and I, I, I review it like once a day. Um, and then I've been working on the first section of Galatians two, and in mm. I had previously memorized it, and so I'm moving through it like much quicker. I think, especially now that I'm being a little more consistent. But instead of like I had tried to memorize like the first ten, eleven verses, um, and I just broke it down. Like I just s- sort of found like a good stopping point and said, "Nope, I'm going to stop here." And so I just like uh, like. I've been working through the first five verses of Galatians too. Um, and I'm really starting like I'm getting a handle on all that stuff. So I am making progress and it is like, <laughs> it's very much like one of those things where yes, I may have to, I, what I may do is just uh, let my nieces take and nephew, my nieces and nephews like take wiffle ball bats to me or nerf, you know, <laughs> nerf swords or something. And get just, it like, on video. Yeah, get it on video, post that in the, 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 the Patreon or in the book club or something. Um, anyways, so, but yeah, I am making progress there. And it really is, um, I mean, one, it is, it is the, the Lord's grace there, but Habitica has been a very helpful tool there. So. Nice. So, yes. So if we did that's, if that's we haven't it. That's chilled all I got. for them enough. <laughs> no, I did. Um, oh, what were you going to say? I was I was also going to say like um real quick before I forget like a little bit of a plug uh so Wesley turned me on to that dwell app and yeah. yeah yeah I've I've been using that to sort of supplement things too like I okay. I will listen to Galatians sometimes like before I go to bed or throughout the day and then just even like the the various random listings it's a very cool app I think it is worth every penny and they okay. offer discounts often. Um, we did not do the lifetime okay. one. We just we signed up for we got we got a discount on the monthly pledge or whatever. And I figure uh, if at some point in time I like if we use it long enough that I'm like oh, I just need to just like buy this thing like do the lifetime, then I'll worry about the lifetime. But uh, yeah, it's a phenomenal service, and I'm willing to throw money at them. So nice. It it gets like so far, it gets a wholehearted endorsement. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll need to check it out. So, okay, uh, I have 
and I think I may have told you this story before, but in regards to this, and this is, may seem a little convoluted, but this has everything to do with our main topic, and okay. I'll get there. So when I was probably 10, 11, maybe 12 years old, I was a young man. Uh, I think I may or may not have been mulleted at the time. Um, nice. Yes, I may or may not have possessed some seriously wicked hockey hair. Um, I was also like, you know, kind of a nerdy kid from uh, rural Pennsylvania. And I went to a church camp with the church that we were at. And now it was like, I, it was a Baptist church, but it was like super fundy Baptist. Okay. Yeah. Like it was like, they didn't dance. They, it was like the girls okay. would literally say, I don't drink and I don't chew and I don't date boys who do. And they meant gotcha. it. Um, <laughs> like, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Not that that's whatever. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways. So went to a church camp for like a week. And this was in the days of like in living color. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of like, that, that sketch show that Jim Carrey sort of got his start on uh, and the Wayans brothers were on that. Mm-hmm. And there there was a line that I had heard at one point in time and said, homie, don't play that game. And I thought that was the funniest thing. And so I would say it, like, I'd be like, homie, don't play that game. And, it, you know, and it would get a chuckle out of people because I am a super rural white boy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> y- you know, well, apparently... Um, this girl from, I can't remember, I think she might've said Brooklyn or something. Uh, but I was saying that and it was with a bunch of my buddies. Now, now granted I was saying that and, uh, just sort of being funny with the guys from my cabin. Yeah. And this girl overheard me saying that and wheeled around and said, homie, don't play no game. Like, what do you know about that? I'm from Brooklyn or whatever she said. <laughs> and here I am, 12-year-old awkward me. And I'm like, uh, okay. Like, you know, like I'm a little mortified uh, because like here I'm just sort of being a goof. And she made me feel really bad over something stupid. So if that girl is listening to this, I don't know who you are, but you kind of suck. <laughs> and you made twelve year old me feel really bad, uh, but it, no, I'm I'm kidding. It doesn't matter. But anyways, all that all of that gets here. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the thing is, I probably deserved to be embarrassed because I was frankly incredibly embarrassing. So <laughs> I everything about me was super cringy then. Uh, um, yeah, but I, all of us can I think right. can say like I I think it didn't. Anyway, anyways, anyways, but the topic is homie won't play that game. There you go. So we are going to be talking about games that we, and types of games, styles of games, genres, whatever. Like we're going to be talking about the the different types of games and and styles of games that we won't play. And some of the reasons why now, Mm. and we've sort of talked about it. There are some easy outliers here. Which, you know, I mean, you and I have sort of, and, and, and again, like, there's an issue here where I don't want to bind anyone's conscience. Yeah. There are some people who 
I'm just for the sake of argument, I'm going to say that they they have a stronger resolve or a stronger will than me or stronger conscience. They are not offended by some of the same things. I think in some ways I might have a stronger conscience than others because I'm not offended by certain things. It's interesting mm-hmm. you brought up Hotline Miami though, because <laughs> um, that's you know the violent video game thing often does not get. Um, Sort we 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 sort of tend to like pass that over like nudity. If there's nudity in a game, just full disclosure, and I think you and I probably agree on this, mm-hmm. I won't touch it. That wasn't always the case, but it is now, mm-hmm. uh, and it has been for several years at this point in time. So that means I won't touch The Witcher Three, and there's a strong likelihood that as much as I want to, I won't be playing Cyberpunk twenty. Was it twenty seventy seven? 2077, whatever, the, the the cyberpunk game, because nudity is prominently featured in that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, that's that's sort of low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. But in, in sort of the spirit of this, uh, one of the things I'm going to try to do is when I find like a good quote that I think um, is just good to think about, um, I'm going to try to start incorporating this. And I had mentioned this to you, but... Warhorn Media tweeted something, and this isn't quite on point. It's not specifically addressing violence in video games or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and especially in regards to just everything going on. It, it probably has something to do with that, but it's just talking in general. But uh, they tweeted out, and this is from four days ago, so, Bloodlust is a thing. Don't watch movies or read books that encourage it. And I would even say that uh, don't play video games that encourage bloodlust. Things that provoke you to sort of want to hurt others. You know, you should probably avoid those. But anyways, so that's that's my quote. I was going to maybe pull something from the Stoics or Luther or something, but I just... I think in regards to what we're talking about and in regards to certain current climbs. And just for the record, this is, we, we actually decided this several weeks ago. So this is just God's providence that in light of everything that's sort of going on, we are the dummies foolish enough to try and tackle some of this stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and, and wade into all of this. Uh, no, I think that's that's a perfect way to kind of open up th- our discussion today is, like you said, we're not looking to bind anyone's conscience, um, yet at the same time, th- the whole reason of this podcast is like, we want to just kind of reflect a little bit on our choices and why we make those decisions, right? And so while I don't necessarily, I'm not going to add, like, I'm going to share my viewpoint I'm not advocating that everyone needs to be just like me, but I am advocating that you need to stop and think about these things like, and and think about how the things that you engage in are affecting you just in general. So we're going to look at, you know, just a few different things. And um, like you mentioned, I hadn't even really given it very much thought of the types of games. We'll definitely talk about that as well. I was thinking more along the lines of just content in video games, um, mm-hmm. And probably because of, like you said, recent, you know, <laughs> um, shall I say, political discourse. Uh, <laughs> and and I think it, 
in some senses, it's reactionary. These conversations can be reactionary, as well as the reaction to the reaction can also be reactionary. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Absolutely. So it it seems like the pendulum swings, right? It's one side that says that, oh, well, video games cause violence. And then the other side that says video games have absolutely nothing to do with violence, right? And mm-hmm. I I would say maybe we should maybe we should think about this a little bit more seriously and not immediately go to the extremes. Um mm-hmm. so I guess if we are talking about violence and graphic violence in particular, um personally, I don't it's it's not necessarily a reason that I would necessarily stay away from a particular game um unless it were one that Huh. Un- unless it were extreme, I don't know, very <laughs> almost depressing in nature. One that I think of, um, I know that there are a handful of video games that have been created specifically as as games that have you do um, hyper-violent and hyper-realistic things. That Basically games that are made to make you feel bad. Um, Mm -hmm. and I can't remember the name of it. There was one that was recently released that ended up just being a garbage game, but you know, games that intentionally push the, the limits trying to get that adult only rating, um, just so that they can say, you know, this is the type of game that we are. Those types of games I'm, I'm just going to stay away from. I don't generally play hyper violent video games in general, Mm. Um, but I will say on a personal level, I, um, l- let me get, let me give just a short little story is that there was, there was one time I was hanging out with my friends. It was, it was probably after high school and we were just pulling in all nighter and whatever. We were having a good time. We were all really hyper. We decided we wanted, we were hanging out at my friend's house. We decided we wanted to go downtown. So we all just kind of, uh, jumped in the car. And as we were going downtown, um, we, we come to this stop and there are these, these lights, uh, there was a fire engine in the middle of the road kind of looking. And as we're kind of driving by very slowly, I kind of look out the window and I see a um, motorcycle on its side kind of up against the the median. And I look down and all I see is just kind of like a pool of blood. I didn't see any mm-hmm. any body parts, anything like that. But that alone, everyone in the car we just immediately like went silent. And after we drove by, um, we were just kind of like, uh, I'm not really feeling going downtown anymore. Like we, at that point we just kind of turned around and went home because we had just kind of not even necessarily witnessed because I didn't see anything. I just, you know, in the, in the red and blue lights just kind of saw liquid, on the ground, but you, but you understood what happened. And that the only reason I bring that up is because it was a stark difference between playing Halo and, and seeing something like that in real life. Mm. Um, so, so personally, I don't feel like th- there is a, you know, kind of a one-to-one correlation of desensitization with, at least a lot of the video games that I like to play. That said, I do also want to bring up um, a book that we read last year that we've talked about a number of times on the podcast is You Are What You Love um, by James Smith that 
talks about um, the, the habits that you create and the things that you expose yourself to and the effect that it has on you that is not necessarily, um, it, it's almost subconscious in the way that it can affect you. So if you are constantly viewing hyper-violence and, and gore and things like that, I can understand how that would desensitize you. Um, but I do, at the same time, I think there is a, a big difference between simulations and kind of the real thing that you experience in real life. I guess that's that's where I am with with violence. It's honestly not a huge consideration for me unless it's unless the game is a, is attempting to kind of rub your face in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean okay, so Logan recently played through Spec Ops the Line. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in there, and that that game's fairly violent, and there's some portrayals of some seriously heavy content. Um, but I think that it's done in a way to sort of provoke people to think, and so that like that's an, a, a situation where I can sort of applaud. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil. Mm-hmm. I'm not, but I, like anybody who's played the game, there's the, the white phosphorus scene, and um, yeah, it it just it. Anybody who's played it knows exactly what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. it's just a scene in the game that just really kind of like mess wrecks wrecks you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually like one of the big turning points. Um, I think too, like and you know this is I just played Doom 2016, yeah, and loved it, and I still like that game. Um, so and we sort of had uh, a bit of a conversation. I think my problem. I am not necessarily opposed to sort of like toning down violence in video games. I don't like, uh, you know, frankly, I think like Mortal Kombat is like, it, it's like verging on just like, they're being disgusting at this point in time. Like mm-hmm. I won't play a Mortal Kombat game just because they're gross. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's just like, it's just, that's like one for me. Um, but, and, and just like, as far as games that just like push the line uh, years ago, there was, there was a game called Postal. Um, yeah that it was like a top-down sort of isometric like almost like a diablo sort of clone thing if i remember but it yeah. was all about like you were a, a disgruntled poster worker who was just <laughs> going around wiping people out and it was very dark very violent um mm-hmm. and uh yeah i actually had a friend who uh i think if i remember correctly like we we were playing it together and he was like yeah i can't i can't <laughs> can't this is just like this is nasty yeah this is like it's like pixelated junk blood mm-hmm. um but y- you know in hindsight i'm like yeah it, and it wasn't even that good of a game because it was just like it was meant to shock and so i think like yeah. a lot of the core gameplay was just sort of like it was like they were banking on selling it just because it was so controversial right um, right yeah yeah but I, I guess where I was going with this is, and you and I talked a little bit about it. My problem is when, like, okay, so there's recently been this whole like it's it's violent video games. We you know, we we just had two uh, mass shootings or mm-hmm. attempted mass shootings, um, and I and I feel like in in an attempt to 
sort of sidestep any serious issues. Like obviously, like we would believe you and I believe, and and I I mentioned this to you that I'm there. There was a recent podcast I listened to, and I've thought about reaching out to the the guy who who made it and and sort of offering some commentary. And pretty much what I would say is like, listen, like I think part like because you know we talk about some some of the issues culturally, and he he said that our country is not well. Like we are not a well people. Um, there, there are some serious things wrong. And I don't think that, that I think, yes, we are seeing some a- astonishing numbers with, with mental illness. And I don't know if it's because we're more aware, but frankly, and, and some people would say like, you know, obviously we believe that it's, it's a spiritual issue that, uh, the reality is that, uh, this, that people have really turned away from the Lord in all in, in just about any conceivable way, you know, um, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, culturally, we have abandoned wisdom, and uh, wisdom is primarily rooted in the fear of the Lord and, and knowledge of God. Um, but I would say too, like I think some of what we're seeing culturally, and and not to to do it in a way that's like I told you so, or like we were right, but we're seeing the outworkings of the secular uh, materialist perspective mm-hmm. like when it when it comes to the the violence that we're, we're seeing today it's you go around and tell people that they're nothing but uh self-aware chimps and that they're really just meat that they're just you know to to sort of borrow the phrase from neil degrasse tyson that they're just stardust that there isn't an immortal soul that there's no inherent value in a human being and eventually they start to believe it and when they start to believe it well nobody means anything so it's not a big deal for these these angry young men to go into a movie theater or whatever and gun down a, a, bu- a bunch of people but you know that's that's a bit of an aside um you know and 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 it's not really what i don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. i just want to say like i think like when it comes to violence in video games i i definitely think there is like there's like you can feed it's uh you can feed some of that like going back to that bloodlust issue like if you have a desire to fight people and to hurt people and you are playing games that might encourage some of that behavior you should probably stop Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't make the the game in and of itself doesn't make you want to do that, but it is feeding something dark that you ought to repent of anyways. Yeah. Um, y- you know, uh, it's, it's sort of like in a lot of ways, uh, like there are certain movies, like I won't watch like the saw movies because they're basically okay. just torture, torture porn. Mm-hmm. They're just gross. And I realize that it's all like special effects and like, it's none of it's real, but it's like, it's just nasty. Yeah. In my opinion, there's like, you know, the, this sort of like story that they talk anyway, anyways, anyways. But, um, so yeah, I, I think like, you know, a lot of it just comes down to, there are other games that I, I can play that will actually, um, cause me to sin in other ways. Mm-hmm. So like the, you, you know, and again, we, we sort of talked about like my struggles with anger. Um, there are certain types of games that I really enjoy, but because they are very challenging and very hard and they sort of mess me up, mm-hmm. not necessarily like uh, Bloodborne. <laughs> and I was, 
you know, when you're in, you're playing Bloodborne, I think I probably lost my temper with my wife way more than I would have had I not. And it sort of feeds, and again, sort of talking about feeding that anger, it's a very frustrating, high-tension sort of situation Yeah, that, you know, frankly, I need to repent of. Like, that should be, like, the point should be, and, and I think there were times when I just said, hey, you know what, I'm just getting, like, too wound up. I need to put this down. But like that, when I play those types of games, like I just bought uh, Sekiro <laughs> for my birthday. Um, I I want to go through and play that, but it is very very frustrating. And I just I, I have one of the things I can just sort of like honestly say is I I know when I start to get like too worked up, I need to just be done. <laughs> I need to just put it down and walk away for a while. And so like that that's an issue. Like those those super technically demanding games, I really do enjoy those. And once I actually sort of like find the loop and the gameplay loops and I sort of get get into it, like it's fine. But the the initial sort of like learning curve is horrendous. And I know that I can be like a total bear <laughs> in those moments. So yeah. that's that's like, you know, it's it's not even a game that I won't play or a type of game that I won't play, but it is something that I try to be mindful of. And again, like this is about like asking questions and thinking through these things. Like it's not about sort of like creating like hard and fast rules. And again, this is it's it's about sort of provoking us to ask questions and engaging in wise practices. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, I think that's that's kind of the the key of like even just having this conversation is is kind of recognizing in yourself what um, what games do. You know what certain types of games do. What what things they kind of stir up in yourself and um you know as i think as an adult we have to realize like it's not the game's fault for bringing that out in me it's my fault there are games that are made to provoke certain you know certain things um like I said, certain certain games that are made to just like show a ton of violence and gore and, and just make you feel bad. Um, the one that I was referencing earlier is a game called Agony. I don't recommend that anyone check it out, but um, it was a game specifically made like to make you feel terrible. Um, so so yes, there are things like that. But by and large, the things that we ought to be looking out for is is what is this game doing inside of me like what is going on in my own heart because Mm -hmm. and i I mentioned this kind of pre-show is um my pastor preached this past sunday on um kind of prayer as spiritual warfare and he talked a lot about temptation and how we fight temptation through prayer and how um our strength is in weakness it's not in our own it's not in and of ourselves but it's only through christ um, as Christians. And so I just wanted to bring up a scripture that you hear all the time, right? But I think it's good to just be reminded. It's 1 Peter 5, 8. And it says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So it talks about how like, you know, lions don't just kind of um, run around in the field. Like it says that he's prowling. It says that you the your enemy is intentionally putting things in your way to provoke you, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to devout, he wants to see you destroyed and he will use 
whatever means necessary. So even mm-hmm. if a game isn't like that, that's why I say like, don't blame the game necessarily. The first place that you ought to, to be looking is in your own heart. Are you being watchful? Are you being sober minded when you consume any form of media or entertainment or decide to do pretty much anything? Um, but scripture talks about being watchful that you're not tempted. Does this game cause you to to be tempted in whatever area, whether it's anger or whether, you know, like we mentioned nudity earlier, um, is that some people that doesn't matter at all. You know, some people it doesn't, uh, it doesn't stir anything in them um, when mm-hmm. you see pixelated nudity. Other people, it's a real struggle. Um, so what, being honest and being sober-minded and watchful, like the scripture says, is is the key because the, the standards could be different depending on, you know, who you are. Um, but that's really kind of, I think, the thrust of, where I wanted to to kind of take this conversation is yes, we can look at specific areas. Um, we talked about violence. Um, we mentioned nudity. Um, there, there's other things like language, even you know. Mm-hmm. That's again, it's another area where it's not a big deal to me. Now, obviously, I'm not going to be playing games with language around my children. <laughs> no, for um, sure, yeah. It's it's you know there, there's there's a thing to be said about you know the company that you that you have around when you're playing games like that it's all about the audience man yeah exactly exactly but if it's just me if i have a set of headphones in um it it's not a big deal to me although i will also say that um when i'm around you know when i'm consuming a lot of media when i'm watching shows that use lots of language um it becomes easier for me to use it even if it's my own head um, it, it normalizes it. Oh, yeah. I'll put it that way. And we have to be watchful for those kinds of things. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> well, we no, don't I mean, that's, I've, I've mentioned the fact that I have a tendency to get a little sweary when I'm upset mm-hmm. or just not. So like, that's definitely something that like, I should probably be a little more mindful of is like, because it, it is very much a normalization thing. Mm-hmm. Like even in the podcasts I listen to, like there's yeah. a lot of like guys that I listen to that, you know, aren't believers and they will mother F this and that. And after a while, you know, I don't need any help falling back into yeah. that. Those, yeah. those sort of like those ruts, but it's just like, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. And I'm like, listen, I think it's just words and it's just sounds. And in a lot of ways, these things are not a huge deal Mm -hmm. this is not um i'm much more interested in sort of like correcting the heart behind you you know instead of saying Mm -hmm. oh well i don't swear but then i'm i'm super proud i would rather just you know address the the self-control issues that lead me to sort of go off on on those little swear sweary rants i don't know that's like you know i think that's that's a, a, a good example as well as just like a behavior to be aware of, like ask questions, like. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I definitely lean um, towards, I, I agree with a lot that you just said. Um, one of the reasons, one of the frustrations in my own mind is that normalization is just, um, I don't, I want to always be in control. Right. So yes. if I am in, uh, 
a social situation, I don't want a four-letter word to come out of my mouth without me actually like intending to yes, say it. Yes, exactly. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, so I try, yeah, as hard as I can because it, because otherwise, yeah, it does just normalize that. And, um, that is not always good because I know myself. Um, so I've kind of, you know, kind of like danced around it a little bit, but if, if you don't mind kind of talking about it a little bit, just nudity and video games in general, mm-hmm. um, my personal view with nudity in media and I know I, I hold kind of a hardline stance on this. I know not everyone's going to agree with this, but um, I'm convicted about nudity in TV shows, particularly. Um, I think it's always wrong um, because of what has to happen in order to have that filmed. Um, the, mm-hmm. you, there is nakedness in front of an entire crew, and there are people that make decisions in order for that to happen um, that are requiring actors and actresses to to do that in front of a camera, and I think that is wrong, and I will not support that. So I have a very hardline view now. On a personal level, I've also struggled with pornography before, so yeah. it's like this is an issue for me. On top of that, so th- so there are two different things here that work in tandem when it comes to um, when it comes to real people. Um, I understand there's an argument to be made that video games, it is, it is simulated. It's pixels. It's not actual people. And so I, I am not as hardlined on video games as I am with real people. That said, because I know myself, I, I won't allow myself to, um, to even indulge probably isn't the right word because that sounds really skeevy. Um, but but to even tempt myself in that way. Um, and it's like, what are you, what are you going to feed? Exactly. Exactly. Because the thing is, it's not even just in that moment when, you know, the nudity is on screen. It's what that does to my mind after I'm done with the video game. Mm-hmm. You know, as a guy, what does that do to me physiologically? Um, it, it, I don't mean to get, you know, too graphic or whatever so we won't we won't necessarily go there but it affects me on on more of a level than just in those few seconds a lot of the time it does you know um and so i'm so yes it is definitely a hard and it's it's difficult you know on the one hand it's difficult because i've heard great things about the witcher 3 i've heard it's one of the best you know stories in video games it's most one of the best well-written games ever um on the other hand i have to at the end of the day like Am I willing to sacrifice my uh, th- this decision that I've made? Am I willing to sacrifice, don't mean to take it too far, my own dignity for entertainment? Even if it's yeah. really good entertainment, even if it's a really good story, like is it worth is it worth pushing up against the line that I have set for myself? Is it following what the scripture says of being watchful yeah. and being mindful of of the temptation that can happen within my own heart? And so that's where I, I kind of grapple with this. And again, I, I, I don't say this necessarily to say everyone listening to this should agree with me. Not I understand that there are other arguments, but for me, this is where it stands. And I think that everyone ought to at least think through this very seriously um, and really kind of consider 
what what this is doing to yourself. If if you can honestly before God say this isn't doing anything to me, cool. I'm I'm not going to be the one to bind your conscience. Uh, again, I feel much more strongly on actual TV and movies. <laughs> Yeah. than I do on video games, but um, okay, so that's my tirade. No, I think that that's that those raise some good points. I mean, I sort of fall into a very similar camp. Uh, mm. A man or a woman's nudity is reserved for their spouse. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so, especially in regards to television and movies, you have somebody showing what they should not be showing. And, and and I'll be I'll be perfectly frank just from sort of like, you know, sort of sidestepping the moral argument like ultimately don't need to do that because it's wrong because, you know, whatever. But I don't often see that those shows and movies are really served by that nudity in any way shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pure titillation. Yes. And it's meant it's meant to sort of excite and arouse and sort of draw you in. Um, anyways, uh, you know, like I said, like you said, actually, uh, there is an argument be made because it's all simulated nudity. But I think for me, it's like it feeds that that lust issue. And while I don't necessarily know that I, I've ever really struggled with porn per se, the mm-hmm. way the way some guys have, um, that doesn't mean I don't struggle with lust. And I mean, you know, the the thing is that is something like we are called to mortify all sin. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I know that when I sort of say, well, it's, it's a fake, it's a pixelated boob. It's still not mine to look at. And so, mm-hmm. you know, because what that does is it sort of like, you know, dude, dude, dude brains are like Rolodexes, man. Yeah. And it'll just like shoot me down a path of like remembering things that I ought not to remember. Yeah. And so, and thinking about things I ought not to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally, and again, don't want to bind anybody's conscience. Mm-hmm. I, I frankly think people who want to make defend, defend some of their, those positions, I think you're hard pressed to, but as long as like, like, listen, it's your conscience. Mm-hmm. And 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 I I'm not gonna sit here and like hammer on on somebody about that, uh, even though I do y- y- you know, uh, like y- you know, and some of this stuff is like I mean, I mean we've seen it. You and I have probably seen it in different Reformed and and uh, Christian Facebook groups with the whole Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like dude, uh, I'll be be honest. Like uh, even outside of the nudity. I have absolutely no desire to watch Game of Thrones because it was written from a, a nihilist perspective. <laughs> like George R. R. Martin, like people were freaking out about the end of that show and how like all this, like sh- she was supposed to be a heroine. I was like, dude, this dude is a nihilist. He's morally vacuous. <laughs> He's like, nothing means anything. And you're surprised by the ending. <laughs> Like, you know, they, they can't see the face that I just made, but it's like, it's that like the, the RC Sproul, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. I like, please just stop. Like, yeah. you know, when even has a death that, meant anything in that story? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like they killed off 
like the the most noble and righteous character in the entire series in like the first three chapters of the book. Yeah. Like Ned Stark was a baller. He was a man who yes. was honor bound, dignified, was raising, loved his wife, was raising his children well. We find out later, you know, and it's not like I'm completely oblivious to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you almost can't help but sort of find things out. Jon Snow is his nephew. You know, and so he's, he's, you know, took on dishonor by claiming Jon Snow as a bastard. I'm like, the, everything that I learn about Ned Stark, I'm like, oh no, I, I, I like him. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and George R.R. R. Martin's like, I'm going to kill him right away. And I'm <laughs> right. like, and, and, and you guys are surprised when it just all come, turns for naught, when it doesn't mean anything. Like, please, <laughs> you, you weren't paying attention. Um, anyway, anyways, uh, sorry, didn't mean to rant about that. Um, that's, that's a sort of getting a little off topic. Um, I think in a similar, like I did bring up sort of types of video games and I <laughs> yeah. think it's, this is also, for me, this is very much a conscience issue. This is not necessarily like whatever. It's like, I don't have a preference for these things. It is very much a conscience issue. And so one of the types of games, and I, I may have alluded to this or mentioned this before, I will not play MMOs or games as service games. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the investment that they require. Um, I even struggle with like something as like something like Overwatch, right? Yeah. Um, because it, it's and. Uh, anyways, the 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 amount of time that those games require and the the investment in in order to sort of like maintain relevance or to become proficient is to me in a lot of ways counterintuitive. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, a friend of the show, Jason Light, uh, the guy who did our our logo, he mm-hmm. plays WoW mm-hmm. pretty frequently. He you know and that's all he does or he plays destiny and that's sort of all he does like and you know he's been playing other things recently he uh just beat darksiders uh not too long ago yeah uh he and i were talking about that uh the art in that game oh (laughs) saw a trailer for darksiders genesis today uh nady like it's uh (laughs) somebody got some darksiders in my diablo yes i'll take two um anyways Anyways, anyways, uh, but there are certain types of games because like the entire sort of MMO loop is just built on sort of like it's it's that whole like capitalizing and sort of like turning up the just one more level, one more quest, one more this, one more that. And the way that like people just sort of like shoot down those holes and me in for me particularly, like I played World of Warcraft for a number of years, um, and I th- there was like this is before like I had a mod that showed like an in-game counter, mm-hmm. and uh, you know when you have something like I can't even remember what it was. It was like sixty or seventy days, <laughs> not like you know. So we're talking several thousand hours invested in this game and it's just like in hindsight i'm like like uh <laughs> yeah i just shaking my head like you know people are like uh, i spent 500 hours playing breath of the wild well one you're crazy because <laughs> uh it's breath of the wild um 
you know, uh, shots fired. Um, but <laughs> hook shots fired. Hook shots. Hook shots fired. Oh, that's hashtag hook shots fired. Or, you know, in Breath of the Wild's case, not not there. That's why it's terrible. No hook shots. Uh, anyway, fired. Oh, uh, anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, but, uh, you know, and that's fine. That's fine. Like, uh, hey, whatever. Um, I'm just saying that uh, for me, that type of sort of like going down that rabbit hole, and that's actually sort of been a fairly recent sort of change. Okay. Uh, because like there are even certain types of games that I just like, well, even sort of talking about Borderlands, the pre-sequel, when it was like, I finished it and I was like, oh, this kind of opened up and it was like, it turned into something you know, there was there was a little bit of a like ah, oh, just one more level, mm-hmm. one more legendary, <laughs> one more this, y- you know, and it's like that. Like I can very easily sort of go down that hole and spend entirely too much time, um, and 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 that's that's time that needs to be and ought to be capitalized doing other things. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I'll tell you what. There's another type of game that I actually really enjoy. But I haven't touched for a number of years because it would provo- like it would provoke me to anger. Okay. I love fighting games. Okay. Street Fighter. Okay. I love Street Fighter. Love it. Like I love it so much that years ago, um, and it's not that I'm good at it because I'm actually really bad <laughs> at Street Fighter. Um, but I like Street Fighter Four so much. That I got a skin for my 360, got a fancy faceplate, mm-hmm. bought the the arcade stick, bought fight pads. Nice. Also, like I went hog wild on that game, and I was trash, and I <laughs> and and I would get angry because I would just lose all the time, like and so that like I do not like I, you know I'll play like Smash or something like that, but I do not play competitive fighters. Like, well, and I know Smash can be competitive, but I will not play those types of games in any sort of serious capacity because, uh, it because of m- my anger issues. Yeah. So there's there's like there's another thing where it's like ah yeah Nate won't touch fighting games because uh yeah he's not uh willing to break his or someone else's controller. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that makes sense. That makes sense. I I think it's kind of similar. Again, I didn't give too much thought to um to the types of games. Uh but so more of just kind of piggybacking off what you're saying. Um I I agree basically games with no end um are games that for this point in my life, um because of my backlog <laughs> and because of my lack of of time in in general that I have to devote to games. Um, If I don't feel like I'm progressing, then I'm probably not going to play a game for, for very long, if at all. The caveat to that, and I think I've talked about this before, is that if I have like certain people that I want to play games with, you know, like if it's a, if it's a co-op experience, I don't mind jumping. And not that I've really, I've never really gotten into an MMO outside of like maybe RuneScape for a little while when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I've, I've never gotten into a MOBA. I've never gotten into the, the apparently auto chess is a hu- huge thing. Now I've never really done that. Um, 
and didn't do much of online like Call of Duty or anything like that. Just a tiny little bit. But again, that was with friends. It was never like I'm sitting at home and that's what I want to do. The The most recent was Splatoon on Wii U. And that was a lot of fun. Um, but the campaign was also a lot of fun too. That's kind of mostly what mm-hmm. I did. And then maybe spent about as much time in the online portion there. Um, so it's not that I don't like those games. It's that it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm, I'm making any progress. Um, and, and so with the backlog that I do have, I want to actually kind of make my way through those games, um, before I actually get caught up in, in some game like that. And honestly, that's kind of what, um, fighting games are to me as well, is that they're for most games, at least there is such a big learning curve that I am unwilling to pour myself into in order to, to beat them. So, so I, I am that casual gamer who will go through like your main kind of story mode, your main campaign in a fighting game and not play every character and not get good at every character. Like I, I just don't care enough to do that. Well, and and I will play those with some friends, but yeah. there's a point like it's like there there's also a point where it's like yeah I can't I I have to stop yeah I cannot like and and even sort of like you know going back to the MMO thing like Parker and I beat and the games of service like issue mm-hmm. like these are not super hard in fact like MMOs I pretty much won't touch like I've had people say like hey you should check this out and I'm like no I will not mm-hmm. <laughs> I will not dive down that rabbit hole again. Um, but like with like uh, the division, Parker and I played through, you know, the division, which is technically a games as service kind of game. Played through that though, and uh, you know, the only reason I now the only reason I played it was like he and I played it together. So um, there's that. Yeah. But but yeah, I think like as a general rule, yeah, games that don't have like sort of a defined goal or end, um, sort of like the never ending games. Like there, there's a part where there, there's certain types like Tetris. I, I just like Tetris, and sometimes it's just fun to like turn it on and zone yeah. out. But um, that makes or sense. you know just build blocks. But because <laughs> some of this is about fun. I mean, the, the reason yeah. we play video games is because they're fun, and so um, you know we do like and and the reason we do this podcast is because we want to encourage people to be wise when they are pursuing that fun yeah and so um let me see here i'm just kind of looking over my notes yeah uh you know obviously like there there are some games that yeah i won't play as a matter of taste like i don't like sports games Mm -hmm. i mean like like hey like there are dudes who are really good at at Madden and I think that that takes just as much skill in some ways that that you know that's a knowledge base and a pool like you know um I would even say like too like I've really gotten gun shy when it comes to like the massive JRPGs okay. like I really want to play Octopath but that price tag scares <laughs> me like yep. I want to go back and, and finish Persona 5 but oh, like yeah. frankly the the idea of like dumping you know, another 60, 70 hours into that game, I'm kind of like, do I really want to do this? Right. Um, so, I mean, like, the, these are some of the, the, the questions that I'm wrestling with and just sort of in trying to be wise with my time. And mm-hmm. I think, like, right now, especially that we've got Backlog Golf going on, 
Like it's it's much easier to sort of. I was at, well, I was actually listening to the Super Best Friends video game sleepover podcast uh, before I was running some errands and I had it playing in the car. Mm-hmm. And the one the one host, um, he's he's using the Dave Ramsey method of tackling his backlog, and so he's tackling all his smaller titles ah. and sort of getting that snowball, um, that backlog snowball. And I was like. I dig that. Like, you know, it was weird that like I had never heard like Dave Ramsey brought up in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh it was it was very clever um and I and I appreciated it and uh but yeah, and I mean in a lot of ways that's sort of very it, backlog golf has sort of encouraged me to sort of bite off a lot of those smaller titles. Yeah. Um y- you know, and sort of like chew through those. And so maybe w- when the pressure sort of uh, is done with backlog golf uh, i'll like uh, take a crack at maybe like and i th- i think too like some of it is i need to just like i haven't yeah i mean there's there's so many i i just have too many games and i need to just <laughs> like you know this is coming yeah. from the guy who just bought B- borderlands 3 or pre-ordered borderlands 3 but like i have too many <laughs> games it's like i should probably stop buying them eh. but oh dude so mm-hmm. uh Really cool little announcement. Uh, Nintendo just sort of wildly veering here. Um, really cool little uh, Nintendo had did like an indie sort of like showcase sort of thing. Yeah. Ori and the Blind Forest is coming to Switch. Yeah, I saw that. That's super snazzy. (laughs) And I can buy, I can buy that without taking points because I own the definitive version on my laptop <laughs> so josh is josh is watching me point at the screen because i'm feeling very clever and like waving my finger i mean like i can buy it with no points i'm super clever Mm-mm-mm. that's that's a good point i didn't think about that i was just thinking i already have that on pc and i need to play through it but you're right you're right if i did you know hey we'll see mm. we'll see i need to play through golf story how long oh, is yeah. Golf Story? Oh, I spent 17 hours on that. Oh, that's not too bad, though. No, no, it's it's not bad. It's just more than you'd think for a, for a, a little game yeah. like that. And it went, it, for me, it went by pretty quickly. It is kind of doing mm-hmm. a lot of the same thing over again, but you get better, and it's kind of okay. nerve-wracking. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. That was like the first game I played through on Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, it, it's... That sort of popped up there. I've got a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Anyways, I think yeah. I think we pretty much said oh like unless you have more that you wanted to. Well, there I is think. there is one more um, kind of section. We don't necessarily have to talk about it if we don't okay. want to, um, but Bring it would it up, kind man. of fall under this is um, depictions in games of spiritual entities. Oh, so, yeah, that's a really good one. So I've talked about multiple times um, my enjoyment, my love for the Shin Megami Tensei series. Mm-hmm. And kind of the thing that binds all of those games together is th- kind of an end of the world theme where mm-hmm. you are forced to make pacts with demons in order to uh, in order to create a new world. <laughs> so it starts off... Like the foundation of the entire game is something that could be potentially subject matter that someone would not want to engage with. 
So that's the yes. reason it comes to mind. Um, so, so I kind of wanted to kick this around, not that necessarily we have to spend too much time on it, but um, kind of giving my two cents about it. And I'll just, I'll just kind of lay all my cards on the table here is that I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I do think that there's a line that we can hit up against and I'm not sure. I know not all of the games do, but there are some of the games in the series that may cross that line. Um, mm. So in general, I would say uh, there is there is something about these games is that it does use the Japanese thought of what a demon is. Um, mm-hmm. So it does that the word demon doesn't necessarily mean fallen angel. Um, it can mean yeah. monster, right? And so in that it's context, a, it's an oni, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's more of a concept of like now these games in particular they pull different mythologies together Mm -hmm. and so it can be something like a a hell spawn you know or it could be something like um you know uh now i'm trying to think i mean thor is in the game as well and he's he's yeah it it pulls from a lot of like mythologies and demigods and yeah right the persona yeah person i mean the the two persona is basically a shin megami tensei spinoff yes yeah it just got more popular than the main series and so uh that's kind of where (laughs) where things have have drifted um but so if you think about it from those from that standpoint like there's nothing or not nothing but it is more of a game about mythology if that makes sense and that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily cross any lines i'm I'm, sorry i'm trying to i feel like i'm at a loss for words here in that sense i don't i don't find it to be particularly um offensive uh i i the thing is with a lot with some of these games if you get to kind of the core of the story the strongest demons in the games are lucifer and um and so it uses some of the judeo-christian imagery and mythology so it actually uses characters that are um apocryphal as well like mm-hmm. lilith is in the game um and yeah. and so the there are understandings of concepts that are very wrong <laughs> because they're trying to create a video game and create a story surrounding the video game that's where it mm-hmm. gets into more dicey territory um and I and I, and I get why someone would not want to play a game where you are, where there's a possibility of, of creating a pact with Lucifer. Now Lucifer is is the like chaotic, uh, character in the game, so you would have to intentionally want to go down that route in order to team up with him. Um, but then the the God character is often depicted as the lawful character that is very much if you step out of line you will be destroyed and so it doesn't depict the god character in a good light either actually the best route the best route for most of the games is as a neutral route in which you basically upset both sides and have to beat both sides (laughs) um Hmm. again i understand why this could be 
why a lot of people could just say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to partake in that. Um, for me, it has to do with the fiction of the game, the game, the fact that the game is fiction. It does not, it, it's not trying to, um, I don't think that the creators of the game are setting out to create characters that are actually even close to the real characters of the Bible, if that makes sense. Yeah. They are so far, and I feel like this. there are lots of games, I'm specifically talking about Shin Megami Tensei just because I enjoy those games, but there are lots of games, particularly in Japanese media, even anime, that you end up fighting God at the end of the game, right? Mm-hmm. And often that God is a weakling, and that God is so obsessed with himself that it is it is an absolute, um, it is so far from the one true God that I don't even understand, like, I don't even get why, the, you know, it's more like, it's more like a Greek God, you know, yeah. just a, a self-obsessed narcissistic being mm-hmm. um, that is, that is frankly a weakling because a group of, you know, high school kids can take him down. <laughs> um, yeah. Hmm. And so from that standpoint, I, I it doesn't necessarily offend me. However, there are, and this is, this is where I feel like I'm even wrestling with myself, like, should I have played some of these games? Because in some of the mainline games, not all of them, um, they do actually use the tetragrammaton, if you know what that is. That is the the four letters when... Yahweh. Yes, Yahweh. Um, and they actually bleep it out in the games. If, it has, if the game has voice acting, I'm particularly thinking of the fourth game, um, the second part of the fourth game, Shin Megami, Shin Megami Tensei 4 Final, um, where that character shows up and anytime anyone mentions his name, it's bleeped out intentionally. Um, and again, mm. that character is very much a weakling um, because a group of teenage kids take him down. Narcissistic, self-obsessed, and, and just weak. Um, but the fact that they are using the name of God, uh, something about that isn't right in my own yeah. heart. And so that that might be de- that might def I would I I think that probably seriously would at least consider maybe sort of a second uh commandment sort of violate or maybe taking the Lord's name in vain sort right. of like those those like those would definitely be issues right there. Yeah. Um yeah. You to- know Oh, I was going to say, to my knowledge, he only shows up in the first two games on Super Nintendo and then this latest game on 3DS. Um, and yeah, th- so I, I just want to say that I'm wrestling with that. Like, oh, should yeah. I have actually played that? Because on the one hand, I do feel like, oh, well, this is such a stupid parody. Like, this is not my God. Th- like, th- this is a, a weak attempt at even mocking my God because this is nothing like God. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, they're using his name and that, that is not right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a reason like, and I think it, it probably goes too far, but you, you referenced the tetragrammaton, uh, grammaton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nate talk. Super good. Y H Y H W H. Yes. Basically those four letters, um, because uh, Jewish tradition so reveres and actually Jewish tradition so reveres the name of the Lord that 
they changed it from Yahweh to Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they don't, they don't use, they say Jehovah or the, you know, anyways. Yeah. Which, Hey, you know, I think that's a little too far. Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, sort of where I was going was I remember, uh, somebody talking to me about how they stopped playing Darksiders because you were, uh, tra- I think it was Logan was like, mm-hmm. he was, he felt like a little convicted because like you were dealing with demons right? and sort of bargaining with demons and, and selling souls to demons and things like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, the reality is like, uh, for me, that one's pretty easy to sort of set aside because that's not how, uh, that's, not, it's, it's kind of like, that's not how any of that works. <laughs> you right. know, it's like, like it's, you know, it's, it's just sort of like, uh, it's a currency that they sort of co-opt and like, Oh, souls, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, eh, it's like, it could have been like gold or stardust or whatever, you know, yeah. but, um, I think what you're talking about definitely with the Shimigami Tensei stuff is, is a little more interesting. Um, and I mean, frankly, this is just sort of full disclosure. Like, uh, there are many things that I will do in a video game that I would not do in real life right. just because like, um, but I tend to avoid doing things that I would consider blatantly evil in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, uh, I, I may have meant, well, I'm, I'm a rogue in our Habitica <laughs> party. Yeah. Uh, I like the sneaky, sneaky, stabby, stabby. You know, picking pockets, picking locks, and and stuff like that. And and I typically, actually, I really enjoy like the rogue t- play style types when mm-hmm. I when I. But um, so that's like I will I will steal everything in Skyrim just because I can. <laughs> um, but uh, y- you know, like the and and there were in Skyrim even like I joined the like the Dark Brotherhood and all that. But there, there are certain like weights where it's like, you know, like it, it's sort of like, it's, it's almost, it's like kind of like, oh, well, this is cartoony enough that it doesn't really matter. But like, yeah, I'll give you an example. Uh, I won't play Grand Theft Auto five mm-hmm. because the entire game, and, and maybe this is just me being silly and, do- and possessing a double standard, but like the wickedness that you are act- like, you're selling drugs, you're robbing people, you're extorting your murder you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and it sort of glories in that like if the use of spiritual sort of forces sort of mirrors that wickedness and sort of do you know what i'm saying yeah. like i would probably say like okay yeah no not gonna go here like uh it's like if you were playing a game where it's like you made deals with demons to sort of like strengthen your witchcraft or something even though i can acknowledge that as being fiction and it's not real and it has like this is part of like it makes sense for the the universe of this game mm-hmm. that's i don't want to like even sort of and and i can totally acknowledge that that's fiction and it doesn't do anything but like i can just say like that's an easy sort of like no i'm not going to go down that road mm-hmm. um i i would like like i said i think you know, just sort of coming back to the Shimigami Tensei thing real quick. I, I like I said, I really think that that might be an issue of like a second or a third commandment violation. Yeah, and where it's like you know, it is either sort of like uh, raising up a false idol, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and portraying God wrongly, 
um, which right. is really the problem with this second commandment. The second commandment isn't about necessarily me. It's, it's about portraying the Lord insufficiently. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about misrepresenting who he is. Right. Um, by, tr- and, and then the second is, uh, or it, maybe that's the fourth. No, the fourth is the Sabbath. Yeah. So the third is the third. Yes, my my brain got. But so the third commandment violation, we're taking the Lord's name in vain. And what that really is, is sort of making light of the Lord, mm-hmm. which, you, you know, right. if we're all being honest, like I think like, you know, every believer at from time to time sort of makes light of the Lord um, and sort of uh, doesn't really revere him and experience respect him the way that we ought to you know i you know i'm not saying that yeah it's just we, we all sin all the time so mm-hmm. we, we can't we can't even breathe without sinning <laughs> hence hence the need for repentance anyways but i that i mean for me like that might be a bit of an issue i mean yeah uh yeah i i, I can definitely agree with that like or see like why you would be asking questions yeah, and that, that honestly, that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up is because I didn't want to feel like, or I didn't want it to seem like I'm harping on all these other things, and then one of the series that I really enjoy, I'm not even going to mention it. You know what I mean? Oh, no, that's, <laughs> like, that's that's totally. I think that's totally. Um, you know, I was trying to think if if there's something that like I like, but maybe it's questionable. I mean, maybe Doom. Hmm. Maybe I don't know. Like I, I I didn't really, I feel like it's sort of like, yes, it's violent, but it's like, it's sort of like goofy enough. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's almost like sort of like cartoonish in its portrait. Right. But it's like the violence is like, it's like, I'm going to chainsaw this demon and a bunch of bullets are going to come spewing (laughs) out. Like, okay. Like, yes, it's kind of gross, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, this is a little, it's so over the top that it doesn't really. Um, bother me like I, right. I i think like the actual sort of the aligning myself with evil mm-hmm. is kind of where i would draw the line in that where it's like you are doing wicked things and pursuing wicked things mm-hmm. you know on behalf of the wicked <laughs> you know yeah. it's like you know um yeah and it, even sort of like when you're talking about Shimagami Tensei as like, you know, Satan as like sort of a stand in for like a force of chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I probably, that could definitely sort of be a little problematic, I think, for some people. I, I, you know, that, that, that's, that's definitely interesting. I'd have to think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's def, that definitely something that you want. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm sure that I have something where I'm just sort of like not, like you know, I'm not maintaining a standard I ought to. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sort of being double minded. But uh, man, <laughs> I wish you would have brought that up earlier because I, I probably <laughs> would have like, I probably, I probably would have like looked for an example, sort of in in my own. Well, you know what? Like, I can. Yeah, it's not quite the same thing. But when when I played Fable, um like fable one two and three and then even when i played uh fallout like typically i like to play as like a paladin like an Mm -hmm. upright character but there was like just like i just made like disgusting evil wretches in in those games on on some of my playthroughs just Mm -hmm. because i'm like ah i can yeah and so maybe 
yeah see yeah kind of like see see it from the other side and um yeah i don't know i don't know that's that's a really good like man that's a really good one like i i think like and i said i don't want to be dismissive like if somebody's sensitive there i don't want to be like oh it's no big deal quit being a, a sissy i'm just saying for me like you know I, I think about the issue with uh like i said i think logan was the one who was like he was really uncomfortable with playing darksiders mm-hmm. and i i'm not sure i'm not sure that he is now i think like he's sort of like looked looked at it and sort of thought through it and now he's kind of like yeah yeah no um but it was because you were sort of like dealing with demons and making deals and and so but it's not like we were selling people into slavery i mean like the reality is like that's not even a realistic depiction of what we believe yeah or what the bible teaches like you, you know we are uh you know god saves his people and they're saved and it doesn't mean like, oh, like we can, like, you know, and it's not like, it's not even like the demons are going to be like ruling over hell. Like they will mm-hmm. be cast in the lake of fire. Yeah. Like they will be subject. So it's like, it's like, okay, no, like this is just, this no, that's not how it works. Um, but um, that's a really good question, man. No, <laughs> no, I want to, to have something to say. And I guess I just like, I'm just like, oh no, that's just a really good question. Well, I mean- so. We always have bite-sized episodes that, you know, if something comes to mind, mm. maybe you can discuss it on that. But uh, Homie yeah. plays this game, but probably shouldn't. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Homie shouldn't play that. Yeah, no, that, I think that's a, that's a good note. Like, like, listen, these are just some of the areas that we thought might be good jumping off points for mm-hmm. people examining their own sort of game playing habits. Again, that's the point here. We want to have these conversations so that other people can sort of look at these and say, hey, where are the areas that maybe I need to be a little more mindful, self-controlled, disciplined, intentional, whatever buzzword you want to throw at it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. So that, I mean, the point of this conversation isn't to beat up anybody and say, oh, you shouldn't play X, Y, and Z. It's to say, hey, these are some of the, the conclusions that we've come to, the convictions that we possess. Here are some of the reasons why maybe these are things that you need to ask yourself. Maybe they're not. I mean, but, but at the same time. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's always good to consider for sure. Um, we did also kind of just mention to our patrons that we were going to be doing this episode as well. Um, yes. So just the little, the little bit of input, I don't mean to make that sound, sound bad. Um, they, but the they, input, they don't bring anything to the table. No. Oh no. That is not true at <laughs> not all. Not what I meant. Um but the input that they did give us um was for the most part that yeah, the line is going to be different for everyone, right? Um mm-hmm. so yeah, it it has to do with your own personal convictions. Um one of our patrons said they tend to avoid hyper-violent games. Um they have a hard time just uh enjoying games and even movies yes. that have gratuitous blood and gore. Um, and also he doesn't enjoy games with a heavy demonic focus. So that also kind of got me thinking about Shinigami yeah, Tensei no, in general. That's, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it just, yeah, that kind of got me thinking about like, yeah, just some of the games that I, I really, especially with Shin Megami Tensei, because I do really enjoy those games. Like I think, yeah. I think like mythology, they touch on a lot of subjects that are more philosophical that, um, it, it really does kind of get you thinking. It, it just has a very unique um, storytelling method 
um, with lots of different routes that you can take um, that, yeah. that causes you to just think through like, oh, if I was put in this situation or what is this trying to say or what would I really do um, kind of a thing. And then the gameplay is great too because it's difficult and good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, those are some thoughts from some patrons. Um, if you guys have thoughts for us, of course, there's tons of ways that you can get in contact with us. Uh, we're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Our handle there is at bbdowncast. Um, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. We've got our Facebook group, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. Um, we do have a Discord server as well where we're talking uh, or, yes. you know, about a bunch of different stuff. We just made an extra channel about uh, steals and deals and, and games on wheels. Um, <laughs> that was a good title, by the way, Nate. Shout out. Um, but, uh, th- you know, so that totally goes against what we are as a backlog group, but it's there for you. Well... I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It, listen, dude. I, I, well, I just as, as a bit of a sort of, I really hesitated in putting that in. But then <laughs> I was like, part of it is like, it's not that we don't want people to buy games. Right. Yeah. We want people to be wise. And I think in some of the ways that we can be wise is just being like looking out for deals. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like make, make the, give, give your buck a little extra bang. I <laughs> like I love it. Dude, that's awesome. Um, and then, of course, if you want to reach out to either of us privately, you can do so privately. That sounds really weird. But I just mean individ- personally. Yes, individually. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Words. Um, the, mm, Nate so goes by Nate underscore McKeever on Twitter, Facebook, GG, PSN, all that fun stuff. And then I generally go by Broccolope. That's B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E on Twitter, Facebook, you know, and all the different all the different places. If it's not my all name, the things. it's Broccolope. Um, I, uh, I just, you know what? I, I started, I looked at untapped. I mm-hmm. opened untapped last night. Yeah. I actually sent you a friend request um, on untapped. Nice. So I don't care if you actually accept it or not because I hardly ever use the app. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I opened it. Um, but I, I wanted to see there's a particular beer that, just it's a seasonal beer from one of my favorite breweries mm-hmm. and there's some in the area and so i was like looked it up and i was like oh it's in the area and that's what i used nice it for. so and then but yeah i'm nate underscore mckeever on untapped on, untapped so there you go, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and if you want to support us here of course you can rate and review us um i mm-hmm. hope you're subscribed if you're listening to this um, but if not, go ahead and subscribe. Share it with your friends so we can have more people joining in on the, our discussions. Yeah. And then if you want to support us financially, we do also have a Patreon. That's just patreon.com slash the backlog breakdown. And there are like, you know, just to sort of like, there are some perks and benefits uh, to being a patron. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gotten early access to a a podcast or two at this point in time. Uh, they've gotten some exclusive backer content um yep <laughs> yeah and and we're talking and there there are different things that we're looking at as sort of ways to just say thank you to uh the the guys and gals that support us yeah so yeah. sorry the reason that i laughed when you said that is because what came to mind is the um the new intro we were kicking around for the podcast <laughs> that they got to listen in on so. <laughs> I'm not, like listen i'll tell you what you put that you put that to a guitar riff man and 
I'll, I'll, I'll roll with it at least once. So if you're so. curious as to what that is, you can go to Patreon and uh, if you become a patron, you can have access to that as well. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's silly. It's a good time. It's a silly thing. Um, anyways, I think uh, we've sort of, in the words of uh, now, us, <laughs> until next time, Josh. You keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Yeah, boy. See ya.